Welcome to Seishura, Music Explorers Podcast. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And we have our regular review roundup. We each picked a few albums from the past month or so that interested us, uh, as usual, crossing the gamut of genres. And I think we will have an interesting discussion on all of them. I definitely have some some thoughts uh, that I'm looking forward to share. Um yeah, any 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 pretext before we we dive in? Um, actually, so I, I guess if we can just start talking about our albums because um, this first one is probably the first time that we've ever reviewed an album of the week or something that's been an album of the week in the past. Yes, that is very true. So I'm going to start my timer and we will start talking about uh, Black Country New Road and their uh, I guess much anticipated debut for the first time uh it was kind of interesting to dive into this release because i guess it was i don't know maybe controversial it just it seemed like people wrote about it as if they were like a polarizing band which is weird because i had not heard about them yeah at all until now i i don't think of these people as polarizing either yeah i mean it just i read a review on sputnik and then the way the pitchfork presented it it was as if they're i think there was at least two songs on this release that had come out previously i think you know last year they were supposed to release this album but then delayed it you know a full year entirely because of covid you know it was interesting some some artists waited a few months or a few weeks to release their album and and they just said fuck it we'll we'll wait till 2021 um but yeah i just i saw some interesting um comments about this album and listening to it I, I see why it was um getting a lot of buzz i mean personally if the year ends today you know i, I don't know it's way too early to say but if the year ends today i'd give this some serious thought about being my album of the year uh, i i just i i really love the collection of influences on this it's um you know art punk post-punk mostly with some kind of post-rock influences here and there especially uh, you know in the vein of slint um, yeah, I, I was just gonna say yeah. it's very it's very slinty. Yeah, um, but that, I think I, to me it's kind of like slint meets the national meets you know with some of like the the violin flourishes kind of gave me some Godspeed esque post rock huh. leans. You know, I mean like that's it's just because they're one of the more prominent bands that uses you know violin in their post rock. But I, overall, I don't think that they lean that way too hard. Uh, but the most interesting incorporation and it's not in every track but when it shows up it's it's intriguing is klezmer of all of all genres you know i just the um especially with the i think there's sax i don't know if the, i think i think it's just sax yeah um it, there's there's definitely like some woodwinds going on yeah um and it's just uh, it's a really interesting amalgamation uh i uh, haven't dived into the lyrics as much. I, I think that's mainly where people kind of took, were interested in the persona they put on. But I just thought musically and vocally, this was just such a unique, unique project. But of course, I'm I'm yeah. mainly looking forward to what uh, what you would think about it because I, like you said, I'd already picked this as my album of the week at one point, and so clearly, yeah. you know, I endorse it. But what did you think? 
So, uh, I mean, long as long story short, uh, I'm actually on the same page as you, pretty much. Nice. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's, I but I kind of want to unpack it a little bit just because there's there's a lot to take in with it. Mm. Um, there's just it, it's. I'm trying to even wrap my mind around where to even start because like there's a lot of interesting avenues. There's lots of like interesting like points of penetration that you could sort of talk about this. Like you could begin to talk about this with even. Um, I guess what I find really interesting is how this band has managed to kind of straddle the line between like, you know, sounding like all of these influences, but also being its own thing. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it balances it in a very odd way. Uh, and usually it's like, it, it feels like it's, it's so difficult to land this in a way because like it's either like, you're completely your own thing or you're just kind of knocking off everybody else. But like, this just feels genuine, but it's like a genuine homage almost yeah. in a way, but it's also itself. I don't know. It, it's, it's just something that I kept thinking of when I was returning to this today. Um, you know, because like, like you said, like you, you got some klezmer going on. We've got like some slinty type of uh, guitar work and passages going on, but then you've also like the delivery of the vocals like reminded me a lot of like Jamie Stewart actually, mm. um, like of just like kind of like that haunting, like piercing hauntingness kind of to like the timbre of his voice. Um, I, I actually wrote down it says the singer sounds kind of like a British Jamie Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I could really um, see that. Yeah, yeah. It so it just. Um, yeah, I like, it, and even like, uh, if you go to a, uh, a song like Track X, there's a lot of this instrumentation that reminds me of uh, music for 18 musicians, actually. Mm. Just kind of like these, these Reichian kind of like bursts of notes almost. Um, you know, it, it's, there, there's a lot to take in. And I, I've never, like, like, I've listened to it twice. Uh, I probably should have listened to it maybe a couple more times. But like, it, every time it's just left me like, really interested in just what they're doing here uh I, I i don't know if i could really pinpoint at this point in time like where this would show up in the end of the year but like i mean it's definitely down for consideration like this is one of the first albums this year i mean and mind you it's almost march that's really like actually had me interested so um yeah i i i really enjoy it i don't really have much else to say um i think i did enjoy that like it it doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome as well yeah it's a really like, it just, really good length yeah yeah like i you almost wonder whether uh pushing it back you know maybe had them go back into it and sort of you know like Fine sort of too. sand down some edges yeah that, that's a really good point um i i i can't say whether that's true or not, yeah. but I mean, it's 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 something interesting to consider. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess. it's a it's a good speculation. I mean, certainly, longer you have to, to sit with something, you might want to you know tweak it here and there. Uh, again, yeah. I, I know that they had a couple it, singles come out earlier that I, I you know was not not a, I guess as tuned into the indie blogosphere to have seen the reaction to that. But um, I, that, I that's a good thing though. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I think some people indicated that they did change. The way that like they did kind of rework the songs a little bit so i think there's some veracity to what you're you're saying um i it kind of reminds me of um well it, not necessarily the music but like sort of the way that like their career is going at this point it sort of reminds me of the band uh hmltd 
Um, mm. Because like they put out like all these singles like earlier last decade, and then kind of I think did an EP, and then finally did an album. I think like either last year or the year before, uh, and it was just an odd trajectory. Because you know usually it's like you get that debut somewhere like very close to like when you start hearing about them mm-hmm. almost. Um, also, I I have this note down that I just find funny because I this was I was I was kind of thinking this is, music is kind of what I thought Algiers would sound like before I actually listened to Algiers. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I've had a complex relationship with Algiers. I I, I think. I don't dislike their music at all, but I, I think on paper, what, I mean, what they do sound like, but I guess the quality of what I thought they would I, sound like just doesn't match what I hear. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's kind of like misleading advertisement yeah. almost, like because like, it, 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 and not even by the band or by their record label, as much as it is like like reviewers like Fantano who are just like, oh yeah, this is like people doing interesting things with rock, and I'm just like. Mm, maybe. Yeah, like I think of someone like like Zeal and Ardor when when people said that they combined like metal and like gospel and like spirituals and yeah. whatnot, and I, and then I listened to it, and go like, wow, they actually did that. I mean, yeah. definitely, you know, they're I I probably don't like them as much as other people do, but at least you know what people said they did, you know, they did. I think Algier is always like. They kind of do it, but not maybe yeah. not to the effect that you'd think. Yeah, but. No, no, no shade thrown here. Yeah, um, but so, but, but but yeah. To bring it back to this band, this album, I I enjoyed this thing. I I I guess I just don't really have anything like of of any real like you know uh, weight to bring to the table because they're just it, it isn't it's a it's an interesting listen it's something that i think is uh i, I think it warrants repeat listens uh, you know it's just yeah i i think think it's good so <laughs> yeah that's kind of why like, i wrote down my notes that you know it's my front writer for the album of the year and part of that's just because like usually on release day i try to listen to as many albums as i can just to get a feel for it but i ended up listening to only this album when it was released just because it was so was so intrigued by it like it's, it's just an interesting yeah. unique listen um and you know again it is kind of early and i'm not 100 sure where i'll fall with it but i just keep listening to it and i keep i just i'm still interested in it i like what i'm hearing uh it's just it's so weird that there are a lot of different styles that don't really sound like i mean it kind of sounds like a disaster on paper like post-punk with klezmer it's like uh I don't know about that, but, yeah. but like it, I, I think it works out really well. And again, I'm interested to continue, continue listening to it. Yeah, I, I feel like this is like this is a great start. Um, you know what? What interests me more though is to see where they take this and like where they go after this. Oh, because like, like I, I almost wonder whether some of this has like that like new band rawness to it, and whether like next album they like refine this entirely and it's like this pinnacle of like what rock music might be in a way for like the 21st century i don't know like it's just you know there's the 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 future is bright for this band so yeah absolutely and i think i think especially again i was not really into or you know tuned into the supposed controversy around this band but it's always interesting to see 
when a band gets a lot of buzz for good or bad reason, you know, okay, what happens once you get that album under your system and now you're you're under your sophomore project? So I'm also yeah, which, interested. But, but we're, we're talking about another one of those or, or later on today. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, I think yeah, we're at time. And if we're going in alphabetical order, are we are we talking about we're, we're talking about uh dark time sunshine yes yes i wasn't sure is, is the other one that you, you recommended is that her last name i thought it was... yeah I, I, well, I, emma luth is her last name oh so i i Spoilers. so I, I just don't know how to do because okay you, you you don't know how to alphabet yeah apparently not because i i like legitimately put it in a you know apparently e comes before d if you take anything away from this episode e comes before d <laughs> But uh, one of these things just doesn't belong here. Anyway, we are talking about uh, Dark Time Sunshine uh, and their new album, Lore. Uh, so, Scott, I I, uh, I looked into this band a little bit uh, as I was listening to them. Where did you come up with this? Like, are you already a fan or did you just see this like on like Rate Your Music and you were like, this is a cool album cover? Um, there's a little bit of a little bit of a few different things i mean uh, again I, I am trying to keep with my musical resolutions and i really want to listen to more hip-hop and just i noticed early on in the year i caught myself that i was not really doing a good job of that and i saw that this was getting a lot of buzz from people in my circles uh it's one of those hip-hop albums you know whenever a hip-hop album has a cover that like just doesn't look like a that's one of the reasons that um none shall pass by aesop rock you know drew my attention so much because mm. you look at it and you're like that's a hip-hop album like that just it looks like a yeah. like it's such a unique cover um so i decided to check it out especially because you know i think it was someone said it was the beats were almost psychedelic and i'm like well that sounds cool um and so i figured that it might be interesting to to listen to definitely the fact that um a rap ferrera who used to be milo who was uh yep. yeah i mean he's changed his name is it rap forever or is it rap because i i don't really know i always say rap I, i'm not really sure either uh i haven't really i haven't loved a lot of it because i think he also goes by scallop hotel i kind of lost touch after <laughs> uh you know i wish my brother rob was here i love that mixtape but since then i kind of haven't but anyway <laughs> which is like the first thing he ever put out. i know that, that's a isn't it that, that, that's an unintentionally mean thing to say so let's move on um oh yeah no no i i didn't intend it to be mean i i just i you know so, sometimes you know one album catches you and the rest of their discography isn't you know uh isn't necessarily bad but it, it doesn't have that same energy to it but it's funny because that's his first project and he's released a lot of stuff since so i'm like yeah i really like that album and everything since hasn't been yeah but and, and then you yeah. know hail hail mary uh uh god what do i always mail on yeah like which obviously yeah, I, includes aesop and i forget who the other other half yeah of it I, is, but i can't remember at this point in time but uh, homeboy sandman shows up too yeah um, uh it, it, it's an it's an alt hip-hop like fest basically yeah and listening to it i i don't i don't know if i would you use the term psychedelic necessarily i think it was right music even said it like it had it was like nico like neo psychedelia whatever the that's like that's I, such a weird genre but lo- looking into this album uh the producer of uh for dark time sunshine uh, i think his name is like zavala if i remember right uh i have never heard a bad thing about this guy's production mm-hmm. Um, can't say I really agree. 
Oh, really? In, in all you didn't like honesty? It? Well, like, like no, the, 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 there's nothing in this album that I'm like, oh, you know, no, this is awful. Like, no, I, like, it's all good. It's just, like, everybody's like, oh, this is, like, some of the best hip-hop production ever. And I'm like, I I, I guess. I mean, I, I guess I, I just don't know what good hip-hop production is. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I thought so. I guess just to dive in, um, I thought I like this album. You know, I, I thought I thought the, the beats were space. Like I enjoyed the beats. Uh, I I don't know if I would would label them that highly. Um, I I liked. I I don't know. I, I think ultimately it was kind of weird. It's only forty five minutes, but it kind of felt longer than that to me at yep. least. It just felt like it, and I think ultimately it's because. The beats are a little, they're a little bit slower in pace. They kind of fall in the same lane throughout. I mean, it was intriguing. Definitely, you know, definitely get an all hip hop vibe. Uh, you know, when yeah. a- when Aesop showed up, it made per- you know he fit in perfectly. The beats really are in that lane. You know, they're not something you you'd be shocked to hear someone like Aesop rap on, or, or you know, R.A.P. or Rap Frere or whatever. Homeboy Sandman. Definitely, everything fit. Um, I liked it. I don't know. I wish I had more to say about it because I, I think ultimately, you know, if you like some, you know, heady lyrics and if you like some really interesting spacey, uh, spacey beats, um, I mean, I, I, I can't say the lyrics hit me. I mean, definitely my favorite verse was Aesop's verse, which is not super. I mean, yeah, that's why I keep going back to it because I felt like that song and like him, like he, he just brought a different kind of energy to it and I, th- I think ultimately that's where i landed with this is i just wish that wish this was i wish there was even just one like not not, not that i want like a trap banger or anything but like i just there was i just want some oomph you know man like yeah it just, it like, a, like a little more variety yeah like it, at least one or two songs where the, the the you know the tempo pumped up a little bit or it was a little bit different like i, I uh, while i appreciate how unique the production was for sure it also, it kind of was the main downside. Is it just it got it got into the same, uh, it, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that that was where that was kind of where I landed with it. I wish I had a bit more so, to say, but like if because the, I think the first thing after I finished this album for the first time, uh, the first thing that sort of came to my mind was like, this is an alt hip hop album. Yeah, <laughs> it is just like for me there's a lot of connotation with that like you know that there like like there's there's kind of a stigma like like there's an alt hip-hop sound in a way um and i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because like isn't the whole point of like alt hip-hop supposed to be like hip-hop that's different and it's like yeah sure it's it's different from like you know sampling like you know old soul records or like you know doing whatever mad lib's doing but like it's it, it just feels kind of derivative you know like I, i'm just talking about like a lot of all the hip-hop you know and i think that's this like I, i'll be honest th- this was not one of my favorite albums i like i i by no means was i like this is garbage it's just like it just really didn't hit me right mostly because like i i think i got out of my like alt hip-hop phase like a, at least five years ago <laughs> if not longer yeah and it's just i don't know like it it's it just like a lot of this just sounds like it could be on a doom tree album or like an atmosphere yeah. album yeah. um and then i but i think the bigger thing that kind of brought 
it down a lot for me was like just the rapping and the lyrics on it because like and again this is just such a symptom of alt hip-hop that it's just like it, it just feels like i it, it's almost like it, it's trying too hard to be deep mm. almost and then so like it ends up sort of coming around the other side so like you know uh, you listen to a track like scar uh star scream off this album and like the verse flow is just like this really like it's it's not even rapping and it's not really talking either it's just like this weird rhythm that's just kind of like you're just saying stuff in line to a rhythm but you're not really rapping mm-hmm. and then um the track helna um there's a specific lyric where he uses the word flame emoji as a lyric which i'm just like <laughs> like all right i i guess i guess we're living in in 2021 so you know i i guess that makes sense but i cringe <laughs> with it frankly um and just like okay they like the, if you go to the track seven knots uh there's uh this like whole like scatterbrain section where he's like oh you know he's scatterbrain we all scatterbrains and it's it's just like it it just doesn't work for me like it just the the rapping was just not great here and just i don't know it it just felt it it was just it was an alt-hip-hop album to me and like you know there are exceptions in that you know like i look at some like like idea and abilities i look at even like doomtree like doomtree does like you know a lot of different stuff you know like like i don't know it's just it 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 just felt kind of derivative i guess it's just like oh okay i've i've heard this before like i i could literally go to like just the rhyme sayers catalog and just pick an album at random and chances are it would sound like this that's a really interesting so. capsule. The fact you said like isn't alt hip hip hop supposed to be alternative? Like that's a it's a really good way to to frame it. Is that this this very much fit a mold of a subgenre that's yeah. supposed to break the molds of of the well, genre? I, I think that's just kind of the irony. Yeah. of like these musical moments, like movements, regardless of whether they've been sort of you know artists have been like camped into this place by the media or by their own volition. It's like, you know, after a while, you end up creating an organization, you end up creating a sound out of this, you end up creating uh, a style, you know, and I mean, I'm talking any art movement, you know, surrealism, you know, Dadaism, uh, the whatever um, that new cinema movement that they had uh, not too long ago, I can't remember the name of it, um, but or even like just French New Wave, like, like they, you know, you end up getting into these styles. And so I think it's kind of a symptom of that. And I, I think it's also worth pointing out that this was these guys' first album in, like, almost a decade. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, kind of just doesn't doesn't surprise me in a way. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's... I, I, I'm not going to be like, this was awful, because it's just... It, it's more just, like... It, it, it's just kind of a symptom of what of you know <laughs> of sort of its larger genre like it's just it's an alt hip-hop album <laughs> yeah which is interesting because I, I i picked it you know one because I, I felt like i needed a little more hip-hop and, and based on my my goals for this year but also because i thought it would fit the molds of the kind of hip-hop you like and it's inter- it's kind of ir- yeah. kind of ironic but it's kind of ironic that that was its ultimate downfall is that it fit that mold 
a bit too too well. <laughs> too well. Yeah. That, that's that's really that, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely not opposed to listening to alt hip hop. I mean, like, I would definitely rather listen to it than listen to like you know whatever trap bullshit is coming out this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but that being said, it's just like you know it. I I guess it's just like it, it takes a lot for a hip hop album to really grab me nowadays. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Um, right. well, it's time to move on to something completely, yeah. completely different. Um, completely different. Uh, and it is, uh, yeah. So th- this is a little, I, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, so this is an album by, uh, a saxophonist named Signe Emeluth. Okay. She's a, uh, Danish saxophonist. Uh, and this is her debut solo improvisation album. Uh, it's called officially hi hello i'm signy but the track is called action painting in vogue uh and it's like this like half an hour track that i guess was like part of a set that she did uh i think either last year or the year before um but uh apple music has it listed as the like the track title is the name of the entire album um so not really sure how to think like what to do with that because I don't know. Like I felt like labels have control over how their stuff is is labeled, but yeah, uh, it was definitely. I mean, well, I mean, the main reason I paused is just because I, I always feel badly butchering someone's name that I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. But, oh yeah, but I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I I did a great yeah. job. That that that's that's my best idea, Signe Emily. But but, but so. yeah, the the other reason I I I, I mean, I remember what, what I was checking the doc just to you know put on. The album i was like oh is it like a double album because i went to her band camp and i went to find you know the the second title which i thought was a double release i was like interesting that you pick you know two releases and then once i clicked on the album i was like wait so it's a i mean you don't see that normally yeah. where it's a one track album where the track is a different name from the album but then like you said yeah. in different in, in depending on what where you listen to it it might not even <laughs> They might have just made an executive decision. It, it is. It's a little bizarre. I, I probably should have noted it uh, a little more. Oh no, I, I figured uh, it out pretty quickly. I think it was just it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. unique. Um, um, I I will say I think just out front, I don't have a ton to say because I I think it's like this is a sort of a type of album that like if you think you would like listening to sax improvisations, like you will enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that isn't your thing, like, there you go. Like, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, cut and dry. Um, but th- that being said, like, I personally am a really big fan of, like, solo instrument improvisation. Um, I have a number of albums on my shelf that are just solo sax and, like, other things. Uh, just because I, I find it just so interesting to see, like, what musicians do when it's just them. Um... And this thing really, like, I, I felt like the, you know, sort of the style at work here was was pretty interesting. Just in that, like, it never felt like it was, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of shuffled into one corner of style and just kind of sat there. Uh, which I think is, can kind of happen with, like, some of Zorn's, like, solo uh, saxophone albums. That, like, he, he kind of, like, has an improvised, like like improvisation style that he almost leans on a little too much 
Whereas this was like, you know, you, you've just kind of got like the full gamut of like um, extended techniques basically going on. Uh, but I kind of want to open it up to you because this isn't something you normally listen to, if, I, if I'm correct. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Um, yeah, this, this isn't really something I have... Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think I have at least a few solo sacks either that I've listened to or, you know, have in my collection. Um, I like this. You know, again, not not... This is one of those styles that you kind of just take, you know, sit back and let it ride, just because it's yeah, exactly. That's kind of the difficulty of reviewing an album like this because it's just like you. It it it's just like you almost kind of have to throw away the notion of like is this good or bad, and just kind of just listen to it. Uh, and and that doesn't always make for you know. A good review <laughs> but but uh, i mean it, it's it's good to highlight this because I, I think this definitely um it reminded me why the style is worthwhile um and why this is something that i think when, when you first recommended uh was it, it's a classic guide to strategy right yeah. yeah i mean that the first time you have know, you listen to that or first time you recommended it, it was just like Dude, what the heck this is such a it's such a trip. Like it's just it's so it's so mm. inventive and so like abrasive but creative. like there's just there's so many different adjectives you could use and it's it, it's it, it's a good time. I mean it, it's I guess it might be weird to describe it as a good time, but like it's just like yeah. I, wh- wh- it, it, well it, I guess like I think people think of good time as like uh, a good time that can be repeated. But like this isn't I don't know, I, I don't see this as something that I would put on every day. Uh but, you know, I, I've also heard of people who put on, like, you know, Trap Mask Replica every day when they wake up. But I also wonder whether those people, you know, might need help. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's just, there's just not a ton to talk about here. Uh, you know, you, you've got, you know, just a lot of sack screeching. And, like, there, there's, you know you get a taste of the language that she's capable of with her instrument. Uh, and, you know, it's it's fascinating on one end, but also if, if you're not, like, you know, if, you know, like, I feel like this is, like, a very specific album that's just, like, you need to be in the right mood for this, almost. So. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but uh, sax has always been one of my favorite instruments in general, so... Yeah um it's definitely like when it comes to like instrument improvisation like it is probably my favorite uh, of the instruments to listen to like just improvise completely solo just because there's just been so much that's been done in the past with regard to like extended techniques whereas like with trumpet you know it's a little more um it feels a little more limited just because of the design of the instrument and you know with something like guitar when you just add effects you know it just kind of you can basically get anything out of it whereas like with this there is a limited range but it has a lot of possibilities within that range yeah kind of actually a good example i have an album from uh, travis the plant who collaborated with a, a trumpeteer. It, it's it's basically just a, uh, I think it's four tracks, you know, 
30, 40 minutes of different um, improvisations, different stuff like that, based mm. around sax and trumpet. And definitely, I find the sax more compelling. I feel like there's just, for whatever reason, there's more you can do, or at least the stuff that you can do with it appeals to me more. Um, and I think albums like this show, while, again, like you, like you said, it requires a specific mood, I mean, this can satiate that mood really, really effectively. Mm. Yeah, I, I always find these albums really fascinating to listen to. Uh, you know, and it's, in a way, it kind of acts like ambient music to me in that, like, you know, there are times that I'll put on something like this while I'm just, like, working. But there are other times that, like, I will just sit down and, like, try to, like, really listen to the album. Uh, it, it's just It just works on so many different levels, frankly. Yeah. Uh, you know, that being said, you know, I, I feel like going into this, you kind of have an idea whether you would like it or not. Like, it's not like it's this, you know genre defining you know version of this you know uh and it's not like it's this you know i i always point to Matt gustafson who just like i i remember buying one of his solo albums and like i swear at least one track it could have been a couple was just him clicking the keys on the saxophone mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like i kind of like that to a point but like you can barely hear him to begin with so it's just like it, I, it's like oh I just paid like twenty dollars for just five minutes of of silence in a way. So it, yeah, it's, it's, it can be frustrating, but I, th- that's kind of why I like this album compared to that because it just it feels like it does the job. Like you know you are hearing what's going on, you know you're not being overloaded by it, you know, and you sort of get to see how she plays around with silence. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean that just reminded me of it was an album of featuring Mats Gustafsson, who, Gustafsson, however you pronounce it, uh, sorry, again, as usual. Um, And it was, you know, sax, tuba, and a turntable, which sounded really cool on paper, but it was a lot (laughs) of, like, it was, you know, like, like the the, the typical, like, blowing, like, which is, if it's just, it just sounded like... That's a lot of what he does. Yeah. uh, Which is why I've, I've really tried to stay away from, from his discography and his work. Um, unfairly, I've just like, I've never just found an album of his that I really liked aside from, uh, those Merzbell collaborations that he's done is, uh, you know, Merzbell, Pondy and Gustafsson, uh, like the, the, the cuts albums, um, they're called, but like the, you know, in those, it's just like, you can barely hear him in it because just Merzbell is just like taking over the entire mix. <laughs> no, the but, but... For, for sure, it's uh, and sorry, that's a that's oh, you get a phone call? No, that that's our that's our timer. That's that's my bad. Oh, I I, okay. I wasn't looking, and I've been I've been pressing pause right before ten minutes. But. Yeah, I, I see. I I end up I usually just pull it up on Google on my computer, so it just comes through my headphones. Oh, but. that's a that's a good idea. I will do that. <laughs> but um, I also. I turned it down, but I learned that no matter how much you turn it down, it's still going to play over the speakers. Um, well, okay, n- n- not to get into some tech talk, but your um, sometimes you like your alarm sound, like the the volume of your alarm, the volume of your ringer are actually like different on your on your iPhone. So interesting. Uh, yeah, but I, I I think that's that this is a good indication uh, that, that we've kind of exhausted. Yeah. Um, um, this conversation a little bit. 
But next up is probably what I'm probably most looking forward to talk about. Uh, just because I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. Yes, <laughs> I agree. And I, I, it's just one of those cases where I don't know what side you're going to come down on. And I am interested to see where we both land. Uh, this is... Interested or nervous? Uh, well, I guess it depends where you land. <laughs> whether I feel, yeah. uh, This is uh, Tyrone by Slow Tie. Slow Tie? Slow Tie. I'm going to say Slow Tie. I say I say slow tie. Slow tie. I mean, you you, you 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 go and you get some Thai food, right? Oh so, yes, like great. You, well, no, like, like you you don't, you don't get Thai food. Thai food, like you imagine, which just sounds obscene, frankly. You imagine you, you um, would just like how much you really an, want to look into it. You imagine how much of an American you would sound if you're like, oh, this Thai food is really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you tried the Pei Tay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, slow tie caught into this. Unfortunately, I, I caught into him late because uh, he really grabbed attention with his album. Uh, I'm pulling it up just so I get it actually correct. I think it's like Brit- living in Britain is okay or something. Or, uh, nothing great about Britain. Uh, oh, okay. And that yeah. came out in, I believe it was like towards the end of, yeah, it was, uh, or, excuse me, it came out in the middle of 2019, but I listened to it, I think in early 2020, and I really kicked myself because it was really funny, snarky. I mean, he has such a distinct British accent. Actually, you know, you know what made me listen to it is he did a feature on a disclosure track. It was him and Amine, which is still the most annoying fucking name in rap. Because yeah. I want to say anime, <laughs> but it's Amine. And like their verses on it were were fantastic. Um, so it made me interested in Slow Tie, and he is a really interesting, clever... Uh, I mean, I just love that kind of British accent. So Yeah, me too. It, it was interesting how it was kind of kind of like pop rap a little bit of grime some trap but just like very it was just it was its own thing but also referenced a lot of different styles that were going on in hip-hop and in his vocals and his his lyrics are very unique so i was excited to hear a new album and potentially have it compete for my album year list and um i still i kind of still don't know where i Landed entirely. <laughs> uh, I kind of want you to go first because I'm uh, a, f- I, a few listens through. So I still was. I'm still a little. I don't know. I, I'm. I am mixed. Yeah. I am like. I'm pretty much in the middle, but probably going more towards not a fan. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and it's. I. I, I guess the. For me, the issue is is that I. I think that like. Slow tie definitely he he's like he has the talent and he has the ability to get really like fiery about like what he does, uh, but I it, it it's almost like like I don't know it it, it 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 it's it's like having like you know uh like like a boxer fight for his meal almost, but like but like in slow tie's case like he's already full almost. Mm. Um, like even like from like the first track, you know, he comes right out of the gates with like this fucking awesome flow. And it's just like, it, and I mean, like it stopped me in my tracks when I turned it on. Cause I was just like, if this is the rest of the album, I would be over the moon, but like not even by the end of this less than two minute song, like, does he just lose steam entirely and just take on like this, this kind of like you know normie flow and it's just like in for me that was kind of the entire album like 
it never felt like any idea that was going on here was fully formed or at least like it was never um played out as far as it could be like it just felt like slow tide would just kind of lose steam and just kind of go on with like this flow like this other flow that was just like just completely inferior to what he had already had going uh you know it's just it, yeah and not to mention like there are these awesome times like I, I love the timbre of his voice normally but then there are these times where he does like a kendrick and he just kind of like puts on like this really weird timbre and i'm just like like what's the thought process behind this kind of yeah um yeah uh, it's yeah but it, why, why, why don't you yeah, so i didn't want to kind of, i didn't want to cut you off I, I i thought you might be winding down but yeah i i pretty much am yeah uh I honestly, unfortunately, honestly, I, I kind of couldn't agree more. It's actually interesting that at the top of this, you talked about, um, you know, Black Country Road potentially, you know, taking more time to fine tune their album because it kind of sounded, and again, I have no no knowledge about if this is true, kind of sounded like the opposite problem with this. It felt like yeah. a lot of this was underwritten or like rushed. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really bizarrely short. A lot of the, I mean... The longest track on this is like three and a half minutes and yeah it's, it's actually it's like it's one of my favorites i really i prefer this the second half a little bit just because i preferred some of the songwriting and beats a little bit more uh, on the first half canceled i thought was the best song and it yeah, felt canceled was really but good. it felt more like a skepta track a skepta did the hook and then he did a verse yeah. whereas slow tie just did one verse so like by the end of it i was like oh is it, it felt like they're needing another slow tie verse like it's it's always weird to me when a feature dominates a song more than the actual artist yeah. on an on a track. I, I'm with you, but but you know I just in because I while I do agree with you, I, I kind of want to play devil's advocate for a quick second because um, Stan, you know is is dominated by technically a feature. I mean because like I mean that that sample is just so blatantly taken that it might as well be a feature. You know? Yeah, I, I can so see, like, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, just, yeah, I, it, it's like it, I just, I wanted to like this, and there's a lot to like, it's just not consistent. Yeah, and actually, in that same vein, the other, the other, my two favorite tracks were Cancel, which was dominated by Skepta, and then Feel Away, which I thought James Blake, like, my, I love that song because I thought James Blake kind of stole it. Um, and I guess the final thing I'll, I'll say is, this I didn't notice it at first, but then when I looked at the track list, this is, I guess technically like a, a double album, which is weird to say because it's it's yeah. barely as long as like what you'd expect a normal album to be. You know, I noticed it because the first seven songs are in all caps and the, you know, the yeah. the, the, the last seven songs are all lowercase. But yeah. I don't, I mean, sonically the beats do change up, but like I didn't, and again I haven't dived super hard into lyrics, but I didn't get a sense of what. Like, I think of something like Old by Danny Brown, where it's, like, they're very, very distinct halves. Yeah, like, or, or, like, um, uh, I, there's a Cypress Hill album where they do, like, one side is all hip-hop, and then the other side is, like, heavy metal hip-hop. Yeah, exactly. And I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like the, there was a, that clear line of demarcation. And, and also, again, it's really bizarre to have, like, again, I don't, I don't know for sure what he was going for with this, but it just seemed really sh short underdeveloped and i think uh, 
this might be a I might be putting a little bit too much weight on this, but my least favorite track was actually ADHD, which was the last song. And when the last mm. song is really not good, th- that's always been my my issue with uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is the final song is like such an afterthought, and it's so like this this album that's praised for being this grandiose you know big statement with all this great production. The final song is just very like short and just kind of ends, and it just feels like the album comes to a crashing halt. And obviously, th- this isn't on like the same production level or the same approach as My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but it felt like, in a way, ADHD kind of encapsulated all my problems with the album. Because it was kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. the pacing was weird, and then at the end, that fiery flow you were talking about comes out, but then the song ends. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so, like, he, like, starts I... rapping, but then suddenly, I don't know, like, it just ends. Like, it just... Yeah, like, dude, like, angry British rapping is awesome. And, like, just angry rapping in general has a lot of awesome power to it. Yeah. And, like, I get why you wouldn't want to do that for a whole track or a whole album, because it would probably just ruin your throat and also make you seem kind of unstable, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, like, I would have loved to see a little more, like, more moments like that, because, like, that final flow was awesome. And, like, you know, I was just like, fuck yes. Like, it's like that that's the slow tie i want to get to know like you know <laughs> whereas like i don't know, it just felt like at least half of this album was just like these really really lame ass flows and like the production was never bad uh you know but but like you know something like canceled like you know i like it, it felt like it it was more cohesive and kind of like felt like it was all put together whereas like the rest of them are just I don't know. It, it it just felt a little fragmenty. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, again, I, I I don't know if this happened or w- what happened, but it really did feel like this was rushed. Like there were th- very few songs of this where it didn't feel like there was a section that either went on too long, like it could have been you know cut a little bit, or like it felt like it needed more fleshing out. I mean, again, I, you know, not to go back to ADHD and harp on it, but you know, it's it's kind of like ho-hum for the first part and then there's this random phone call sample which doesn't like it just it doesn't fit or it feels either yeah. out of place or it was I, cut too sh- i've i've personally never found a phone call skit sample to work uh and i, I mean i'm talking about uh freaking good kid mad city too so <laughs> yeah that's probably one of my least favorite parts of that that album as much as i like that album the only time it's worked for me is uh Suicidal Thoughts by Biggie Smalls is like such a that uses like a, f- a phone call to such great effect, um, but in general mm. it's just it, it's weird. Um, yeah, this this really yeah. really is not this is not where I wanted to end with this album, but I just couldn't like after my first listen, I just felt so like you know sometimes when you you check an album just to see where you are and you're like oh my god I have so much left. Uh, I had the opposite yeah. issue where, like, I checked it. Oh, see, I the, this album felt long, even though it was very short. <laughs> oh, it's, for me, it was it was yeah. like I was I was hoping that there would at some point it would pick up, but like I checked it and I think I was on track seven, eight, or nine. I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Like we're almost we're yeah. almost done because th- that's kind of when I realized like, uh oh, we're like we're in danger because I because I, <laughs> I realized that. 
there isn't much music left to listen to, and everything so far has not really left much of an impact on me. So I was like, uh-oh, this yeah. is not good. Um, See, part of me wonders, like, I think similar to, you know, Dark Time Sunshine, that, like, whether this is almost more of a product of sort of the general, like, hip-hop zeitgeist than it is, like, specifically slow tie, almost. Because, like, I, I don't know, whenever I've had the, like, displeasure of listening to, like, the latest, like, you know, pop trap that that's on the air, like, this is what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it sounds a lot like this. It's just, it, it just sounds kind of rushed and just... Like, there's no effort put into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And uh, hopefully, this is just kind of a soft, you know, like the you know the typical sophomore slump, a little I, bit of a... I, I, would, I would love to see him get just, like, really angry and just put out another album. Like, or just, like, even, like, a mixtape. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I feel like mixtapes are so much more raw. And I feel like that can be, like, a double-edged sword. But I think it might work in Slow Tie's favor, in a way, to just just fucking let loose a few bars for just like you know a 20 minute mixtape yeah because if i if i had to you know kind of i had had to label what the issue was it felt like he was trying to be like conceptual with this album and just it did not work out yeah so like really just another album of you know relatively straightforward beats and him just going at it i think that i think that's his lane and there's there's nothing nothing wrong with that i mean it would be like if Action Bronson tried to write like a concept rap album. He just like that's just not what he does. Like he just yeah. has a gruff, you know, boom bap but lyrics over over you know straightforward production. I, I guess it's just funny because like Slow Tie, I think is probably known for his like you know po- like political statements and like you know sort of his lyricism in a way. And I honestly didn't really pay attention to that because it just. I mean, you know, I think in some, in a lot of cases, like, it slaps you in the face and not always in the best way. But this was just, like, I felt like it wasn't really, like, stirring anything either way. Yeah, I didn't, uh, again, I I didn't dive into the lyrics as much as I, I usually only do that with hip-hop albums that I, like, really, really like. You know, if I, if I don't want to listen to, like, if the beats don't grab me and, the, like, if just musically doesn't grab me, I don't want to put in the effort to dive into the lyrics. Um, yeah, I, I'm with but you. yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't really tell, is this supposed to be political? Is this supposed to be personal? Like just what I was getting was like, I don't know, is this about his life? And again, a lot of the songs were so short that it was, it, it was hard to tell with any, like what, I, I think the perfect rap lyricism is, um, like the punchlines are clever and it takes maybe one listen to kind of get it or like you think about it for a second oh now i get it it's cool like you don't want it to be too simplistic but also you don't want to be yeah. too dense or like just you know kind of like almost a aesop rock like try to but like <laughs> like i feel like aesop's in his own lane like that's yeah, oh, like yeah. he, he brings definitely he brings that musical quality to the table but i feel like sometimes um these some rappers can kind of try to make it more you know more deep than it has to be um and I don't know. I mean, I'm a little disappointed, but also I, I feel like he has nowhere to go from up. And like you said, if, if he can come back with a cool mixtape or if, you know, next year he can kind of go back to the drawing board and make something a little bit more punchy, then great. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm still, I, I want to keep my eye on him in the future. So, yeah. Um, 
Okay. I Great. Yeah, so we went a little bit over because obviously we had, uh, had a lot to say about that. But uh, yeah. I also am excited to talk about our next album, which is also our last album. And it is uh, by Ryan Von Hasendonk, which is quite an amazing last name. And yep. it is Vaville, not Vaudeville, Vaville. And is it is it Vaville or Vauville? Because I've been saying Vauville. It might but, be. But I guess, I, yeah, but, but I think if it was Vauville, it would have an X in it. So I guess it's Vaville. I don't know. Uh, Either way. Nonetheless. I wonder if you I, like counted up the amount of time we spend trying to like sort out how to pronounce things how much time i it would it would almost it would take up almost as much time as you do talking about kanye it really is and i don't like the, the, what really bothers me like like in that last you know i brought it up I, about I, I think you're in love with him scott no but like when i brought it up about slow time I, I, I think you've got some freudian shit to work out I think maybe but also whenever i bring it up i genuinely think he, like it, it's a, a reference that makes sense to what i'm trying to say but it just i, I guess just because he's such an enigmatic I don't know. In any case, we're talking about someone who does not sound like Kanye, thankfully. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I guess I should probably talk about how I even found Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad you did, and I want to hear how you did. Yeah. Um, so if you remember at the beginning of the year, I was like, I want to look at more indie labels and like sort of see what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is also where I got uh, the Signe Emmeluth album from. Um, but this was, uh, this is an album on Broken Furniture Records, and they're, um, they're a label out of, I want to say, like, the Netherlands, um, sort of that area of Europe. Uh, I could be wrong, it could be Belgium, but I think it's the Netherlands. Um, but, uh, I've known them for putting out this collaboration that Mersbau's done with Gareth Davis, uh, that he, he did, uh, they did a sequel to one of the albums last year called, uh, Broken Landscapes. But they do a lot of, like, just experimental, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, this was just, like, the way this thing was described, that it was just, like, based around field recordings and things like that, really interested me. Um, and listening to, I think, one of the singles from which I think was the, like, the first track. Uh, or, like, like, you know, like, that sort of like that sample that they put on Bandcamp before the rest of the album unlocks. Um it just sounded really interesting and so um yeah i you know i didn't really know what to expect from it for the most part but it really pays off you know it it just it's a beautiful like i don't know like it's i i I like how it wears all these different hats and like wears them all very well because like you've got like this biosphere ish soundscape type of ambience going on but then you've also kind of got like some other stuff going on at the same time, like kind of like this, almost like a sound art type of thing. Uh, you've got a little bit of saxophone thrown in. Mm. There were a couple moments that reminded me of uh, Glassworks, actually. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a really, really unique listen. Uh, it's something that I really just want to keep listening to this year. Like out of all the albums we've talked about today, this is probably my favorite um honestly yeah i mean i'll, I'll but, say other than um black country uh i agree uh i don't i i know this is perhaps an unfair characterization but like when i think of field recordings i mean there are certainly field recording albums that i've heard and enjoyed but there are also others where it's just like 
an hour of like a waterfall slightly modulated like there's yeah. definitely a lot that they take the field recordings a little like ba- I, I can just go outside basically i mean i know, I know that's a really uncharitable reading but i, th- I think that uh, well i i think part of it is like it verges very much into the territory of like nature recordings yeah and like specifically with that uh you know you can get you know, it, it sometimes has more of a utilitarian purpose than it does an aesthetic one at times. Uh, I think with that, there's also kind of like this uh, technical aspect that like a lot of people are obsessed with sort of how they're recording stuff. Like my mind immediately goes to uh, Chris Watson, mm-hmm. who was, if I remember right, part of... Um... Oh, God damn it. I can't even remember the name of the band now. Uh, Cabaret Voltaire. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, and he's known now for being like a field recorder and like, you know, someone who is actively documenting all these different sounds. Mm. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's easy just to kind of fall into that and like, as opposed to using these field recordings for an artistic purpose. Exactly. But I think on, on the flip side, if you want to hear how to do this well, um, I think Ryan is, is just I mean, this is excellent. I mean, it takes all the best aspects of leveraging field recordings, um, you know, the, the best aspects of ambient music. Again, just love the, you know, the idea of having kind of manageable song length ambient compositions. Mm-hmm. And it, you're totally right that, um, I think I, I wrote that, I noticed it around uh, Nagalaten, Nagalaten, however you pronounce that, um, <laughs> like, like is that is that clarinet and like oh that's guitar and there's some samples underneath like it really just he found a way on every track to do something that there were vocal samples here and there like there were just so much intrigue you know so many intriguing sounds that came together to make truly interesting compositions it wasn't just you know a total total like stereotypical field recordings where it's just all nature sounds it wasn't totally stereotypical ambient where it's all just you know kind of monotonous synth tones like it just it, it's mm. all the best aspects of both genres and he found a way to combine them perfectly i was i was i was really really pleasantly surprised because i think when he said it was field recordings i just that again my mind went to like the the half hour modulated yeah. modulated waterfall stuff but it, it worked it, out really well it's difficult to navigate like that like that like the the whole genre if you can even call it of field recordings is is not an easy road to tread on uh but it can be really rewarding mm-hmm. depending on where you go yeah it, and i think this is just a case of that yeah i know i, I probably sound like kind of, kind of an asshole talking about the genre but no like, no dude but... it, it, like I'm, I'm with you because like field recordings really interest me personally but almost every time i've ever tried to listen to like, a few recording album like it's it's more often than not been something like that where it's just like okay it's just like one of those nature sound you know cds that you get in line at the grocery store or yeah. something you know uh and like no offense to those guys who do that type of stuff it's just like i don't know like i feel like there's kind of a line between you know art and you know, hearing nature. I'm not saying that you can't find an artistic value and an aesthetic value in listening to nature. It's just that, like, you know, I think when you have a name, when you have your name on this thing, like, I think it's implying that you are, you know, um, exerting some sort of, you know, curatorial, uh, you know, power over the recordings. 
you know, in sort of some artistic, you're taking some artistic license with it. Yeah, and so. I think of the, personally, like, I've always been burnt um, because, like, I, I just, I love album covers, like, nature album covers, so I'm like, oh, cool. Like, when I was getting mm-hmm. really into Ambient, I got, tried to get the field recordings, and the Bandcamp is just such a, like, I mean, you could find great things on Bandcamp, yeah. you could also find, I mean, one of the best examples is a Black Metal. Like, Black Metal, I forget who said it, it's, it's someone I think who I used to write, write for was in a similar group of fours. Black Metal has both some of the best music available and it's like probably some of the worst music. Like it's just like the the the, <laughs> yeah. the valley, but you know the valley of, of black metal is is there's two pretty distinct peaks it, between <laughs> between. Um, it, it, it's like harsh noise too. It's just like there's some really good harsh noise out there, but then there's some that is just like really lazy <laughs> yeah I so, mean, it's just it, uh, and I think that this is a great great example again of just both ambient field recordings just done really really well uh, I'm really glad you found this I, I, I just I was really blown yeah. away I mean I, I thought I would I would think this was you know good maybe, maybe. I, I I was worried that this thing wasn't even going to be available on iTunes or like even in full on um on Bandcamp because you know there are some labels that will do that which you know little editorial moment that's fucking stupid and I hate when they do it <laughs> it's so frustrating to me um and and I just don't understand how anybody in this day and age thinks it's a good idea yeah because so. I know like ultimately they're they're trying to make a like some kind of stand against um like Apple or you know, streaming, yeah, whatever, but against like, like streaming like, and things but, like that. So, but the listener comes in the middle of it, like that. You know, it's not like like Apple Music. Well, I, I guess, like, if you don't want to stream your album, don't stream it. But if you're just going to stream one track and then expect somebody to buy an entire album from that, like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the, like the, that's I, just I, I don't not, think that's fair. That's just kind of not how music consumption works anymore i mean you know at one point you know you heard a song on radio okay i'll buy a whole album but like that's just not yeah like, like times have changed and i mean i guess it's one of those that you can be exactly upset. you can be upset that that's the case but i mean it's just it's facts are facts like you it, like like you can't have your marketing cake and eat it too <laughs> yeah and there's something you said uh we're at time but this is just a this thought um like how do you know how do you know you like a band? I think that was, that was an idea you brought up at one point. Like, you ultimately became a huge fan. Of, I think you used Deftones as an example. Like, how did you know you were going to become a huge Deftones fan? And then I think now you you pre-order every Deftones album just, you know, without listening to it because you're a big enough fan. And, and I, you know, I do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I guess for me, it would be The Mountain Goes. It's because you were able to listen to it in advance. Like, you, you accessed it at some, at well, some point. That's... That's a funny example that you choose Deftones out of all of them because I actually didn't listen to them at all uh, before I bought Around the Fur. Oh. I literally just bought the album and I didn't like it at first. And then I really grew to like it. Interesting. Well, so, I just I, yeah, I but, goofed myself on that. Well, no, but but you, you do bring up a good point, though. I think in this day and age, it's like, you know, I, I feel like if, if you're going to try to get into something you should be able to at least be able to try it like you know i mean if, if you're going to treat music as a commodity you know like 
you know, I mean, not to say it's like on the same level as like something like clothes, but like you get to try on clothes before you buy them normally. So, <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's all I have. I, I, I think just Vaville is just such a beautiful album. I think I, I really hope it gets some more traction because it's, I think it really deserves it. I, I, I don't think it will get as much traction as it deserves just because of, you know, the label it's on and sort of, you know, um, it, it, it feels almost like content to be in its like little circle almost. Mm. Um, but I, I would love people to just take a listen to this thing because it, it, it deserves it. Absolutely. And yeah. with that, All right. I believe we are on albums of the week. So yes. why don't you, why yes, don't you share your album of the week? Ooh, that's going to be a tough one because I um I've had uh Basinski's disintegration loop series on for most of the week. Um those are all good, but I I don't feel right talking about one in particular because I feel like they're all so similar that they kind of need to be talked about together. Mm. And I just don't really want it, that to be my album of the week. <laughs> So I am going to take uh, another thing that I had on this week, and uh, we are going to continue. I'm going to continue my my trend of of just having pop albums for my album of the week. Okay. Uh, so uh, Michael Jackson's Bad. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I adore this album. It's probably my favorite Michael Jackson album, like by a long shot. Um, my 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 parents always disagree with me on this point for some reason uh because i i mean i think it's just like you know they grew up a thriller kind of and they, they just kind of viewed bad as like the beginning of the end for him um which i mean fair enough but um there are some awesome tracks on this thing i mean the, the way you make me feel uh man in the mirror bad smooth criminal leave me alone uh i mean i i can name pretty much every track mm-hmm. on this thing i think they're all great um and I think just personally for me, uh, Man in the Mirror is one of my sister's favorite songs. And so uh, whenever I have this album on at all, I always think of her. So, you know, it's 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 just kind of like a happy album for me. So Nice. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, uh, I've kind of been a ride or die with Thriller for a while just because, it's you know, I, again, I grew up with it. My, my mom used to, yep. um, <laughs> at one point she tried to remember like she knew the whole thriller dance at one point and she put she put on <laughs> she put on the extended cut video and tried she 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 did pretty damn good for someone who hadn't danced you know it, hadn't it, danced you, the whole you, thing you didn't record it for, for youtube gold no this i mean this is before i had a, a phone let alone a, like a a smartphone <laughs> and also she probably would have killed me if i recorded her doing doing that um, <laughs> not when you show her all the money you made <laughs> uh, i guess i guess so um yeah, so my album of the week is a new release that I, I just have found really, really, um, just really transfixing. I mean, it, it's just, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous guitar-driven album that I, I just kept playing again and again since it came out. It, it's excellent. Uh, and it is uh, Yasmin Williams, uh, again, keeping with the theme of, of hopefully pronouncing people's names correctly. Uh, Urban Driftwood, which is such a, uh, I believe she's based in I think sh- Chicago or the Chicago area. Um, let me just quickly check my doc while I'm talking. Um, but um, no, she's based in Virginia, so that is not near Chicago. But anyway, 
Um, just like the, the, the visual of Urban Driftwood, of just hearing these really folksy acoustic guitar sounds in an urban setting and just being transported out of the city while also kind of filling an urban landscape with, with folk sounds. Like that, that image to me was really powerful. And the specific sound on this album uh, is kind of a resurgence of what may or may not be correctly called American primitive, primitivism. Like it's 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 you oh, know, okay. finger style yeah. acoustic guitar, um, and she's really really damn good at it because not not only is it just technically, you know, enthralling, you know, really really, um, you know, impressive, just kind of like the, the the wizardry on her acoustic guitar, just like the, the the really flurry of notes and whatnot, but there are some just really memorable, engaging melodies on this. It it really caught me off guard how many songs had. I mean, for lack of a better term, like just hooks, like court, like you know, guitar, guitar choruses. I mean, usually with this type, this type of mm. music, you just kind of expect to hear some impressive playing and just kind of more or less flows together. There are some genuine highlights on this. I mean, she really did a great job of of keeping the tradition of just impressive fingerstyle guitar playing, but also writing some engaging songs. I mean, this has definitely been. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite finds of the year this far. Uh, just to just to really really love this album. Interesting. I like. I, I wouldn't mind giving that a try just for the hell of it because American primitivism it definitely interests me. But um, I've always found folk a little bit difficult to get into yeah. at times. And like you know, American primitivism is way way you know on one side of that spectrum mm-hmm. in a way. Um. Which also, I I think it's not it's not necessarily like finger picking, if I remember right. It's more like um, if you're familiar with the primitivist art movement of like the early you know nineteenth century or early twentieth century, uh, so like you know Picasso, you know kind of around his like cubist era, like that type of stuff. Uh, it's it's kind of like that. It's it like it's it's almost like outsider music in a way. Um. But it's like, it, it it's like folk, I guess. Like J- John Fahey is is like the artist for American American primitivism. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just from my limited research with that. Anyway, so yeah, okay. I think we're done today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, thanks as always for listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on. iTunes pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast. Basically, uh, we are on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Sayshara Podcast on Twitter, and our email I think is Sayshara Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.